I don't know which of those ones you went with. I sent you you're like, do you have any examples? And I was like, yeah, they're here, all over the place. Here, I haven't read all of these, but here, there's, uh, I have there's like a hundred of them. I have them all It's just up. people being sassy. Yeah. So if over there's, and over If and you over. feel like there's one stronger, then we can go with that one. <laughs> so that one says two years ago, but like the, the, like this is what's on my feed. Tales from the Duty Finder. One year ago. One year ago. 15 hours ago. And 20, 20 hours, hours ago. ago. That might be why. So maybe when those cycled, the old and ones. The other, the algorithm's like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but it's something that pops up from time to time. Is this like, should tanks be in charge? That's how, that's I mean, how that's Chris really and I play, though. Like, when Chris was, like, on his Black Mage and, I like, I was on his tank, it's like, yeah, go ahead. Start start pre-pulling. We're we're on our way. Like, I'll, I'll pull the hate, especially nowadays. You know, and I guess that we probably should save that for the show show because it's, like, now, like, literally, legitimately, it's, like. I am 99 times out of 10 in the noob's corner, but on this, buddy, you got to, you should be, you should be popping your mid either way. And you are the only class that always has AOE. So, like, suck it up. Like, your stance is on either way. Well, that's what I saw some people are doing. They're literally turning off the tank stance. So I don't, they'll, honestly, they'll never, I don't they'll even know why tank stance doesn't just auto-enable when you're in a dungeon. <laughs> There's four people. The tank is tanking, period. I mean, do we need really need to make tanking even easier than, than it has to be? Like... We've already just taken it down. Because stance the... is only useful in two tank instances. Well, even even useful. even in a two tank instance with shirk, it's not like you can shirk that stuff over no, with a. You still like... need stance if you're being outclassed. So if I'm tanking and my off tank is is somebody like Rin or Todd, okay, they outgear me and they and they have a better rotation. I, I have to have the stance to to outpace them. Even with Shirk, they will just eventually pass me because because I'm so suboptimal compared to them, and so they are just extracting that much better DPS. Mm. Um, I think Cloud and Chat can probably pass me as well. Um, as I'm getting better, that's narrower. But when you talk about somebody's like first time clear, if somebody like Todd is like, yeah, you should be the main tank, they have to have stance. Like that's what it's for. Okay. Um, and like. Shirk has a cooldown, and so like Shirk is really great for those big moments, those big like boss mechanic swaps. But uh, there are other times that you're just trying to like get everything situated the way you wanted it the first time, especially in instances like EX4, where like people are doing like tank relative, and a tank goes down. Sometimes if there's a newer tank, but they're trying to keep the fight tank relative, you go ahead and say, okay, let's just do a swap now and get things back to the way they are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So you're still practicing tank relative. You're just practicing tank relative without a death. Okay. Um, even though there was a death. Yeah. The because the death inverts everything. I, from a programming perspective, and we'll just we're just jumping in. You know, like that's that's where we are today. Like we're just going in on the topic because those are really good points, and it would be. I think insincere to try and recreate just that moment. Like, hold on to that thought, Chris, and repeat it uh, here after we run the intro. We'll do. We'll we'll make it pretty all in the edit. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's that the programmer in me is like, okay, situationally, a w forcing that that choice 
Oh man, like it just seems like it just seems interesting, right? Because we've already seen how that that tank stance, like legitimately, if it's on, there's just no possible way to catch it, I guess, unless, like you said, like you're in an eight man with another tank and they have that stance on. And so it in and of itself is like, oh, you want to be the tank? Turn this button on and then do your AOE at a minimum. And so it's what allows for tank cob. It's what allows for these eight tank pulls is that they get to decide everybody's doing max rotation and they get to rotate who is taking the hit. Um, so it allows for some weird situations. I, I think in dungeons specifically, um, when you're in there with duty finder, the other problem is that it's most commonly forgotten when people sink down, um, because stance is level four. Mm -hmm. Technically, if you went and found like a level two fate, when you synced into it, you would not have stance. Right. And so if stance was instead moved to being a level one ability, then maybe they could uh, work something out where it doesn't have to drop off when you sync. And that would also that would, alleviate a lot of the pain. That alleviate um, Because well, a lot of the yeah. pain is that I sync into leveling roulette and I forget it's off. But what you're talking about today is now people are maliciously turning it off and it won't stop that. It's really hard to stop people that are aggressively trying to hurt other players. Um, just because you have to play the game for them. You have to take over, you have to autopilot. If you have malicious actors, like no programmer can account for that. Right, right. And that's where, like, I think to your point, like I, I would I would actually advocate more for having tank stance stay on when you sink. Because that literally is one of the things. And it's usually the first pull. You usually forget about it because majority of the content you're running especially once you're at level cap and you're like i'm doing the experts it doesn't fall off there i'm doing the 60 70 80 it stays on and then you level sync and all of a sudden you're like okay and it's gone and you're like what happened and it's usually the first pull where we're like wait why is everything running off to the healer or to the damage dealers and then you turn it back on and you're immediately on the top of the list so i run simple bars for my um for my like beast gauge and so it's not as visually significant when you're in stance versus not. So sometimes an expert roulette out of habit, I click the stance button. And because those don't sync, I just turned it off. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I still mess up the first pull. And I'm like, oh, crap. Um, but thankfully, like stance is a flat 10x to M80 generation for anybody not familiar with 14 stance. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you turn it on. Tanks have AOE in all group content. And you slam one or two AOEs and you fly past everybody else. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's really not hard. Um, there's also stuff in wow where like positionals matter. Uh, there's things in various games where you're managing statuses, you're managing afflictions, you're managing certain damage types, but in 14, at least, especially in dungeon content, mm -hmm. um, the tank is designed to take all hits. It doesn't matter if it takes them from the back. It doesn't matter if it takes them from the front, right. um, the tank takes all hits. Uh, and they always have EOE, even when other classes don't. And so, like, they are really designed to take the threat, especially in dungeons. Uh, and the mitigation in dungeons is outrageous. Arm's length uh, is most commonly used in raid stuff for mm -hmm. its anti-knockback capability. But it is, in dungeons, oh, it it's is beautiful. outrageously powerful. It's a mitigation. beautiful ability. That's one of the things that when we talk about teaching, uh, other tank, uh, teaching people to tank from other... MMOs, one of the things that you pointed out to me that I never really understood, but then when I like when all of a sudden hearing you talk about it made sense was like when when I think of slow, I think of my attack speed. 
that's a very Final Fantasy-esque spell and, and status debuff where in when people coming over from WoW, they're like, oh, that's me moving slow, you know, as opposed to where in 14 it's heavy. And so it's like, okay, there is this translation that still needs to occur because people see that ability and they sleep on it. They're like, I don't care if the enemies are slow. Like I'm standing well, right there. Yeah. But no, yeah, no, you're no, like, I'm not kiting yeah. them. I'm going to stand there. Right. So it doesn't do it's anything like, to make them move right. slower. You're actively like reducing your incoming damage. It's a great mitigation ability and it's wonderful. And and, and then also you took like a reprisal as that when they made that an AOE. It's like there's oh, so much really outrageous. great mitigation for these really big pulls. And so that's always something that I, I think is just it's fun. It's it's fun to kind of get those big pulls in. It's fun to kind of like, you know, dodge and weave and at the same time you know balance those uh, those mitigations and cooldowns but to the subject at hand specifically when we start talking about not just necessarily the ease of tanking but how people ultimately respond to it there's a little history i have here to kind of give guys some context like coming from 11 there is there was a culture that if you're going to especially with how like aggro and how all that systems worked like there was a responsibility that you had. I was, we were playing with Kevin. I remember that some people got mad at Kevin because he was a black mage and he would be able to pull off these really big damage numbers and he would rip hate. And so there was a part in terms of casting and even healing that you had to be like, I need to actually slow down my damage because the tank doesn't get provoke for another like, you know, 10 seconds and I will rip the hate off of him. So I want to wait till he provokes because in, in 11, provoke actually wasn't just put you at the top of the list it was just another aggro hate generation mechanic it was it like it accounted for some kind of i'll, I'll say a flat fee uh, more final Fantasy 11 experts might say there's some you know kind of calculation to it right so i can understand that culture because it was the same same concept we were playing with jelly as well like even in, and that came into 14 and i remember like you would find somebody who was just like doing back in the day when 11, uh, 14 had a different kind of hate and, and aggro ma uh, managed mechanic was like, all right, if that's what you want to do, I don't need to heal you. And that's a way that I'm going to teach you kind of through shame, you know, that like that isn't culturally accepted. So this isn't anything new from my perspective. And when Chris and I have played together, like when he was on his black mage and I was on a tank, I was like, yeah, go grab whatever. Like I'm going to rip, I'm going to, I'm going to get the hate off of you. Let's go ahead and keep trying to chain these things together because we already were in a group. This is something we were fine with. And typically nobody else was frustrated because generally these were pre-made groups. But when it comes down to matchmaking now, we, there's kind of a culture maybe shift in this regards. Chris, I don't know if you, you, you said you got a couple of props. I don't know if you want to use those today, but do you want to kind of take us through what we're looking at here on screen? Yeah, so... YPYT is you pull, you tank. The idea is that if somebody other than the tank grabs something, especially when it's intentional, I don't believe that's arm bail, somebody just just body pulls. Right. I think it's when you see somebody running ahead, tossing ranged attacks, you pull it, you tank it. Um, and depending on the class, some of the classes are fine with that. Like Dragoon's like, well, oh, whatever. Like as long as I'm getting heals, I can manage that. Yeah. Um, but obviously for things like Black Mage, that's going to become problematic much, much quicker. Uh, so they're in Swallow's Compass and they're in there with their friend who's a Sprout. Uh, and then the tank is making the dungeon go very slowly. 
Um, and some dungeons that feels more painful than others. Mm -hmm. Most dungeons in Final Fantasy 14 stop you at a double or triple pull. So they're not, it's not like some games where they're like, well, what do they expect me to do? Pull the entire dungeon? You can't. You're going to get to a locked door or a, a bridge that needs to be appear or something that is gating your progress until everything goes down. Trash in this game does not drop experience as one last thing oh, to, man, to yeah. talk on here trash does not drop experience only bosses drop experience that's a relatively recent change uh and in most modern dungeons there's no way to dodge it so basically you just pull your two or three unlock the door do that until you get to each of your bosses and so if somebody is pulling one pull and then just sitting there until each and every last little thing stops um, becomes less efficient to do your AOE rotations as you get down to that last monster, and then you run to the next one. And there are classes where there are timers and things built in. So then that run time starts to mess up their rotation, and they're trying to play their class. Not to mention that when you sign up for a dungeon, you know there's going to be a wait time, but you expect a dungeon in Final Fantasy be somewhere between 10 and, let's say, 25 mm -hmm. minutes. Um and, and that's a that's a typical experience. But when you have one person that is intentionally not through failures, but intentionally saying, I'm going to go AFK or I'm going to take off my stance because you pulled the next pack, um, then you can start to get in these 30 and 40 minute runs, um, which can be be really frustrating when it's not being done because somebody's new there's nobody in here saying hey i'm just new at tanking i'm really not comfortable with a double pull mm -hmm. it, it it typically comes out as well you tagged that so now i'm going to turn off my stance for the remainder of the dungeon and you can't kick people while there's a loot timer active so the whole thing just spirals out of control and it becomes a question of who can who can either be the bigger person and the more passive aggressive person first? Those are your choices. You either have to chase it down the rabbit hole or you have to pull out and just let them be right. Right. Well, we also know tank privilege is a, is a thing in terms of queue times, right? So if you've been waiting, especially as a DPS for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, depending on whatever the, you know, the matchmaking time is that tank knows that especially if you isn't a loot timer that if they do get you know kicked out of the group i don't think that immediately applies uh, a penalty to them let me know chat if i'm i'm incorrect i the penalties that i'm aware of is that if you fail to take the uh the match make within 24 hours three times then they're going to start having that that cooldown penalty before you can jump into content again um but regardless it's like you know okay cool well, i can i can always just jump back in or what you end up looking for somebody wanting just a j straight up kick just i mean just leave then anybody else can leave in that regard so they're like okay you can always kind of reset that it's always unfortunate whenever we have these kind of uh you know stories in this regards it's always unfortunate whenever you get into a group and somebody just is like it's hard because you always are asking yourselves like are you incompetent or are you just trying to be a jerk and I think overall, we've seen less of that in game, at least from my personal experience, uh, due to the updated like uh, reporting and, and, and you know, mechanisms in the game itself, not just in terms of like chat, but we've seen, I, like I got, I remember getting into a group with a guy like a year or two years ago, something like that in, in Shadowbringers. And we were very carefully trying to give them advice because they wouldn't turn on take stance. They wouldn't do these things. We were in Arm Vale of all things. And we just 
weren't getting we just couldn't get the clear like there's just no way we were we were progressing and we were trying to be very nice about it like all of us were like we weren't trying to be hostile but eventually we had to actually report them because it was either it was it became very clear that they didn't care you know they they have absolutely no idea they'd run off into a corner and just stand there for a little while and uh and so that kind of you know why you see tales from the duty finder as kind of a key aspect here because man when you roll the dice like i think nine times out of ten that's my hope that you get good experiences but my goodness there's always going to be that time where you're just going to run into somebody who and it could go in either direction of it but onto the subject at hand in terms of you pull you tank how do you feel about that now matchmaking in my mind pre-made doesn't matter it's not a, it's not a story um but in terms of matchmaking contextually is is where it hits the road i don't think there's just one solution fits all and we need to shove all groups into that there are times for slow groups um, especially in lower level dungeons healers have pretty restrictive kits so mm -hmm. if a healer is uncomfortable tanks need to slow down um they just need to because the, the healer will struggle and and that's okay right like if we want people to get better at the game if we want people to enjoy this game that we say is so good they they need to be able to learn uh and that's fine um at that point healer needs or the tank needs to be helping hey this pack gets a little bit bigger i'm gonna pop some mitigation they need to be helping out if you get um my first time doing the new trial that got added to uh 2.0 when they mm -hmm. redid all that uh for the msq roulette we almost used the whole lockout because we had a tank and a healer that were both brand new sprout icon this was their first time into this level of content and neither could could help make up for the other one's newness um, and so we just struggled and it was it was rough um it just was so i think at that point like we have to just remember we're all playing a game and there is this idea of you don't play my sub pay my sub mm -hmm. yes but they do pay their sub so there is this like counterpoint of like you're taking away from their experience so basically like what happened in this exact example is after the area change they went and pulled a three pack noticing that the tank wasn't with them because the tank was stopping and starting between pulls this happens because of load times this happens because somebody else is distracted doing other things um and so maybe they're just slow maybe they're managing their inventory whatever um they're just slow and so they just manage it but they notice that towards the end of the poll that they just handled they were willing to deal with it the tank had made it through that load screen and was just standing there and that's where i think the tank went wrong i don't think it's the tank said hey can you slow down i'm really struggling to keep up with this this is my first time in the dungeon mm -hmm. it's the tank they pulled it they were tanking it but now you got there and all you have to do is start AOEing and you will slowly rip off of them anyway because you're at 10x. So even if you don't want to have provoke and, and right. oh, I don't even I don't even I I haven't tanked in weeks. I don't know where provoke is on my bar. Right. Fine. Just do what you normally would have been doing, which is AOEing with tank stance on. Um and so I think that's where the tank became wrong here. Not hey guys, like I'm really struggling to keep up with this and then they keep pulling. Um, at least from the clip that we see here. Now, after that, it gets really passive aggressive because then it looks like either the dungeon ended and they left or the healer and their buddy just left. So then the tank says like, okay, you don't get to just say something mean and leave. So they world hop to go say hello. And so they they go over and say, being being last doesn't make you right. 
And then they world hop again. They probably were still sitting near the eighth right. So then the guy's like, haha, then I couldn't send my message to them. It's like, well, yeah, they weren't sticking around. They were leaving you a voicemail because they wanted the last <laughs> word instead of you leaving the last word. So at that point, like you're trying to measure like, hey, we were both we were both jerks, but um, their jerk yardstick was longer than mine. So haha, like it. And then I have to go post to Reddit. So like you're still the last word. So like at that point, I think everybody starts to look like they can't keep it together. Um, but the idea is the same. The t if the tank had just gotten there and started AOEing, none of this had to happen. Right. It's a very simple solution so the tank to the wrong. problem. Now I want to I want to kind of take this and, and kind of build off of what Patrick's saying in that talking about how new players uh, saying that players should go just go play a single player game is the worst direction for the health of a multiplayer game. And I think that if you're using a random dungeon finder, you get what you get and you can't. I guess complain you know we always tell the kids you get what you get and you can't throw a fit um but in terms of that now we also and uh, arm veil aside right we know there are certain dungeons that are not uh you know single player support you know enhanced trust support enabled um do we think that we're going to see more of that kind of mindset as like more and more dungeons become and have that as an option for players to choose to play um what do you think i think it's gonna get more vocal um, because the people, I think right now it's not always fun to drive behind somebody slow, but like if they've got like a student driver sticker on their back bumper, you're like, man, eh, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and if that group, if that group goes into trust dungeons, then now every time somebody's slow, there is a chance that they're also going to be snarky. And that's where it makes everybody frustrated is when it goes like slow is what puts people on edge. Um, and that's fine. Tell us to tell us to suck it up. Like, hey, I don't want to go fast. You can't make me. Okay. And and I'll quietly sit here and, and say, man, I wish this was a faster group. But it's fine. It's really fine. But when instead they go, oh, so you want to go fast? You're one of those people. And then they call me some name. It's like, okay, you already know I'm on edge. So like my, my, my in-laws came this weekend. And I was trying to watch what I ate because I had a triathlon. Mm -hmm. And so we all went out to Oktoberfest and they were drinking beer and eating brats. And I was trying to be a little more careful and there wasn't food there enough for me. And so I was hungry yeah. and they had said, we're going to leave by this time. And then they went off and found more booths. And so that time came and went. So it had been like 30 or 45 minutes since I thought we were leaving. So in my head, I thought I was getting food that I could eat. And instead I was just hungry. My father-in-law comes up and goes, are you hungry? Are you a grumpy bear? Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy bear and starts elbowing me. And it's like, you already know that I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm being an adult and I'm being fine. And like, I could just feel my face getting red. Just like, like, oh, like, yeah. it like, like you found somebody that you know is struggling and you just intentionally said, how can I make their day worse? Like you didn't say, oh, I'm going to joke with my friend who's in a good mood. Like you intentionally went and said, somebody has self-isolated. I had gone off by my own. Yeah. And said, I'm just going to wait over here until you guys finish with all that. And he came over and I said, what part of you coming over and doing that made you think it would make my day better? And he goes, oh, you really are hungry. I go, it's yes, like, yes, I really I'm am hungry. hungry. I came over here and stood near the car and I'm waiting calmly and quietly by myself. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. And so like, yeah, like, so the context matters, right? Right. Like, I, I'm not just going to yell at people, but like I, I did the self-isolating thing. And so I think that's what happens is like people go, well, how does everybody not know exactly what I'm thinking? How do they not know? I like to run dungeons slowly. I like to run dungeons quickly. Well, yeah. did you say that? 
Did you at any point interact in any way that says that like, oh, they click your search info and you're Omni 90 and then they double pulled. Of course they double pulled. Um, The double pulling is the typical, it is the standard. And that's because tanking has been made so much simpler that most tanks are very, very comfortable double pulling. And I agree with what one Chanson says here. Some uh, players just act like children. And uh, and sometimes you never know if they do. Like my concern when, with that is, is like, and I've talked about this, especially with their Discord. So if you guys are part of the Discord, thanks for being a part of this community. Um, but I've, I've stated multiple times, I'm like, Chris and I don't have time to manage adults. And it's like the expectation within the community is that we're adults here. And if you can't, have a like if if you're gonna butt heads because guess what people do we've got people who love sony we got people who love xbox and at the end of the day like i could care less what platform is your preference or what favorite video game is your preference or what tank is your preference i like the discussion but sometimes you're having a bad day right like we all should be allowed to have bad days but what's what i would always encourage people is that recognize that you're having a bad day and be like guys I'm just not feeling it today. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to step away. Like that's, that's what I've learned to do as I've become an older man is like, you know what? Like I'm not having a, like, I'm not my best self today. And I don't need other people to have a worst day because of me. I'm just going to go, just going to go be grumpy somewhere else. I'm going to go be a grump over here. And then I'm going to laugh at myself because it's like, what am I doing, Brian? You know, like, cause that's usually the thing. It's like, once it's like, okay, right. Food is a, is a real, like, are you hangry? Is what my wife says. I get really hangry. Yeah. It's like, are you hangry? I have to self-isolate if there's not going to be food. Right. It's like, okay. And uh, the only other thing that drives me nuts as as an adult is just loud, copious amounts of noise. And I've, chosen that as a, as a father <laughs> like i've i've self-volunteered and signed up for that so my brother got me a pair of like the the earbuds and and so that's been a huge help because it's like i'm not even listening to anything i just want something to cut down that you know that shrill thing that that is a temporary kind of thing i like at some point like the kids will you know not be as loud as they are um but it's like yeah so it's that those are kind of the two things that i know but what i do is yeah you step away i go be a grump over in the corner I'm not ruining anybody else's day. And I come back as an adult. Same thing within the discord. It's like, listen, like, you know, I'm, we, the assumption is we're all adults. Now, when an adult is acting like a child, like there is nothing more frustrating. And I have to like, you know, it's like, I, I'm not going to change your world. I have no control over you, but like, please tell me, please. Like, you know, we, we, we run this community for adults, but please tell me you're joking. You know, like, don't, <laughs> don't be like that. We're talking about video games. Thankfully, that's and that's where I guess kind of the buck hits the road. Now, on on uh, on that note, Chris, do you have any other kind of final thoughts regarding uh, you you uh, pull you tank? Because a part of me in, in a pre made likes that aspect when you get that synergy and it's like, you know, especially with like if you're playing arranged, like that was how it was. Like in eleven, like you would have like the puller was a a, a role. It wasn't the tank wasn't pulling. The puller was somebody who was bringing the enemies to you and the tank would pick them up. Only tanks have ranged attacks at super low level. So in low level content, it's like, no, go grab that. Well, I don't want to have to drag all that. Me and the melee are going to sit here and do work. You go, go get that over here. Go, yeah. go bring that in. Um, and that's the other etiquette, right? If, if something gets pulled and you didn't mean to, if you take threat or whatever, take it to the tank, take it to the tank. Yeah. They're not trying to get 10,000 steps on their pedometer. Bring it to them. They're managing this. Um, especially once the pool gets to be six, eight, ten things, 
Um, at that point, they're watching their health bar and they're they're watching their cooldowns. And, you know, especially if they're not super comfortable in that situation, they may be zoomed all the way in mentally on their on to say, OK, as soon as that defensive is up, I'm going to pop the next one. Um, and so let them focus on helping the healer keep them alive and bring it to them. Mm -hmm. And in theory, they just have a blender of AOE going. So if you just bring it in, it should just naturally get grabbed. Um, because they should just be sitting there hitting their basically their two button AOE combo over and over and over and over uh, while while spamming mitigation. Mm. So I just remember that we all got paired to go in there and survive this together and that we're all in there to get whatever our reward is. You're in there for experience or loot or whatever you're in there for. Um, and like, it's really okay. I don't know why we're having to move into this like now tanks are this universally respected position and if the tank wants to be a jerk they're allowed to be i do think in general the tank sets the pace but that doesn't give them unilateral ability to ruin everybody else's day like if people are just like hey we got through the pull we didn't notice you weren't through the load zone we pulled the next three mobs and we're gonna handle it okay well then catch up and, and go grab that one if you don't want to make that a double pull then just yeah. catch up with them and stop mm -hmm. um and then vocalize just say hey I really prefer to do things one at a time. Yeah. I, I, and they like, can sigh really yeah. loudly, but you don't hear that. Like, that, that would be it. something because I see over in, uh, in Twitch chat and speaking of which guys, if you are able to lurk over on the, on the Twitch, that is a great way of helping support the channel uh, and the content uh, as a, just as a, an FYI, the links are all, you know, here on YouTube. Um, but I see Twitch chat talking about like uh, Claire dev uh, says would love a dedicated puller in the game. Takes a lot of pressure off the tank and essentially to, and then flare heart following this up saying, desperately kind of reinforce that others can actually pull mobs and take them to the tank uh, because that is essentially now but that is in my mind kind of a cultural shift when we talk about meta in uh, in mmos specifically how i always view it is that people always say yes there's always a meta but i was like meta is such a strong component when matchmaking is involved because it becomes this kind of unwritten rule set that players can follow so that they're not necessarily all completely out and right in right field right like essentially a meta would be uh, in 14, if you have a job stone, equip it, you know, like, but you'll still see sometimes like you'll get matched with a class. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> that's a shocker. You know, it's like, okay, I haven't seen that in a while. But so a meta would essentially be like, yes, if you have a job stone, use your job stone. Um, but in this regards where that aspect, you would need to kind of have that as that general thing. And and, and maybe then the, the, the culture could shift to where a tank could let you know if he's not comfortable with that. Like, hey, guys, this is I'm not. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not geared enough for that. One example from my personal history would be there was a tank back in the day where like all the gear that the tank would equip on their right side was like you could put strength based stuff because that's how their damage was calculated. So their vitality was just abysmal. And I remember being a healer, the hardest I've ever played this game, like the hardest content I've ever done. Having done Savage, have not done Ultimates, but having done Savage content in the game, the hardest was this one leveling dungeon where the tank had no, like, it was just like I was healing, using everything to try and keep them up. And I was sweating, like, because it was like, you, I'm just jamming on the controller, like, cast, 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 please cast, uh, because he wasn't in that, uh, that, that, that way. And so essentially, ultimately, what I'm getting at is that the ideal will be is like, if a tank is not comfortable with that mindset, then maybe then we have that voice. But I don't know how we go about changing that culture just from here alone, but it doesn't bother me, especially with, oh, you pull, you know, I just press button and I, and I'm automatically at the list. So I, I have, it seems more fun to me 
especially in that regards. I have more fun when things are rocking and rolling and things are going. So that's just my perspective. Chris, do you got any final thoughts? No, I'm, I'm ready to talk about some uh, Guild Wars. Last week, we got off onto kind of some uh, vertical progression stuff, and, and we've been talking about gearing a lot lately within Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk through horizontal progression within Guild Wars for Brian and kind of translate some of that, because while he's played Guild Wars, um, and some of you may have played Guild Wars, uh, I wanted to kind of translate and, and talk about the pros and cons um, as we look at that system when it becomes an entire game, when a whole game focuses horizontal. Uh, because it's just different. Uh, And then I'm going to stream some dragon progression on Guild Wars. Mm. All right. So uh, we wanted to sit down and talk today specifically about Guild Wars 2 and the horizontal uh, progression challenges that we have. Uh, We got into just kind of an impromptu uh, debate and discussion uh, in our last live show, and I ran that as a video uh, this weekend talking about my frustrations with Final Fantasy XIV's vertical model. And I I always want to be clear. It's like, I'm advocating that I think there can be some improvements to it. I understand, especially as a dad and somebody with limited time, there is a there is a real marketing strength to being able to take a break and come back and not being behind the curves and how Final Fantasy 14 measures it. But the question that we were always trying to explore is that, is there more room for vertical progression and horizontal progression married together? Ultimately, everybody should you know know, if you never catch any other videos from us, is that, I understand fully that Final Fantasy 14 isn't going to be like completely redone. Bringing in a horizontal progression system isn't going to happen from level one. It just doesn't make any sense to do something that dramatic, especially because I think you're going to end up having more players frustrated by horizontal progression because vertical progression clearly is a like, like if you just look at the numbers alone, it's like, hey, millions and millions and millions of people understand what this system is big number go bigger big number big go bigger got it done um but ultimately we would like to kind of pivot the idea and now talk about horizontal progression and guild wars 2 is a really good example of that in fact even in chat i know stoic was saying how that they've been finishing up their legendaries even having finished 10 legendaries and being kind of addicted to that but the investment of time is much greater because those legendaries then continue to have their value they're not easily then replaced um you know within any kind of like you know patch update cycle itself so chris why don't you kind of you're you're more the resident expert guild wars 2 player here um having played way more of it i got a couple of 80s but i haven't finished any legendaries um so why don't you kind of give a good rundown of what we're talking about here today so most people that hang out here at work the game have played final fantasy so we'll kind of talk in final fantasy terms as far as vocab um, because most of the vocabulary has a direct parallel or we can get pretty close just using Final Fantasy vocabulary. Um, but within Guild Wars, basically, you ha- your level cap, uh, which all MMOs have one, stops with their original expansion. The one that is now distributed for free is the free trial. So uh, imagine if a Realm Reborn Heavensward, you get to 60, 60 is the cap, and then you stay 60 all the way into Endwalker. That is how Guild Wars works. And so leveling... Um, as a process is not something you really focus on that heavily. Everything in the game grants experience. You even earn experience items you can toss onto alts. So getting a a character to 80 the first time is not that bad. And each one after that only gets easier. Uh, And when you purchase expansions, if you purchase like a collector's edition, they'll throw in a free 80. So like it just, it gets really, really, really easy 
to cap characters. Mm -hmm. After that, everything in Guild Wars is account wide. And so there's to make things horizontal, to encourage the breadth of systems, anything you've earned typically is account wide. And the only things in Guild Wars that are not account wide are things that honestly, the more you think about them, you're like, I'm kind of glad they're not. Um, <laughs> and so they've done a pretty good job of, of making anything you truly would never want to repeat account wide. Um, and even a couple things that maybe I think you would want to repeat, they're just, they're done. You're done on that account. Um, and so that is your experience now goes into what's called a mastery system. And so every time an expansion comes out, you get a series of things that you can master. And when you're doing content related to that expansion, any experience you earn gets launched onto the mastery of your choosing. You can do them in whatever order you want. You could pause one and realize you want to start another one. And when the mastery bar fills, you get to drop these mastery tokens, which are earned through doing content related to that expansion on completing that mastery. And that adds quality of life, uh, substantial quality of life to your time in that expansion. And so if you could imagine, maybe that gave you favored aetherites in uh, in Final Fantasy 14. Maybe that made it possible to get to certain parts of the open world. Um, maybe that is what unlocked your bicolor gemstone vendors. And so it can vary between oh, that's kind of nice to, wow, um, I don't know how I could do the content in this expansion long-term without having that mastery. Uh, and so actually, instead of people's level uh, next to their name, it has their total masteries across all expansions. Uh, and there, there is a cap on that. And then that's all account-wide. So every time you level up a new character, it has all those masteries, uh, which is great. So that's where your experience goes. And it hits on a lot of what Brian talks about in Final Fantasy 14, wanting this kind of like expansion related leveling that doesn't really end when he's leveling his alts. Yeah. Um, it is possible to cap all your masteries. A casual Guild Wars 2 player it, it really doesn't spend that much time at cap. Um, you know, maybe they have back when they had a gap in expansions, but like I run into a lot of people that are not at cap. Uh, and so the people who've been playing for six, nine years and they played this as their main game, yes, they're capped, but they will tell you there are other grinds that they're on. If like Stoic, you're you're grinding legendaries. There's other things that mastery just kind of falls away and experience is no longer your concern. Um, so after that, we talk gearing. Yeah. Uh, because once you're level 80, what would we do with gear? Basically, we have kind of three steps of gear. There's the gear that just falls on the ground, which is green and blue, and it's just garbage. And your first real set of gear is exotics. Think of this like your secondary tome gear. They're cheap and easy to get, but your first set, you're going to want to get into exotics as quickly as possible. It may take you a couple days, depending on how you play, to get into your first set of exotics. Unless you have friends that play, in which case they're so overflowed with exotics. If you ever played games like Diablo, that they just toss them onto you. They're like, you you know, they may not be perfect, but like, let's just get you into exotics. Yeah. You could go through all the normal raids like this. You could do <clears throat> PvP doesn't care about your gear in the small man mode. Um, you could do an enormous amount of content in this game in just exotics, but it is absolutely tome gear. It's your normal or kind of world quest gear from WoW. It's, or maybe heroic dungeons. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Like you, you are wearing armor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> within, then we move to ascended. Mm -hmm. Um, ascended is a step up. This starts to have slots for their mythic plus, uh, Criterion Dungeon has a currency that you need to equip uh, Agony Resistance against mm -hmm. taking Agony. Uh, you can imagine if the Agony outpaces your Agony Resist, you begin to just take damage. Uh, so, you know, you're going to want to manage that. And so that allows that to have its own isolated progression. But it just has better stats across the board. Um, and so Ascended Gear is your Savage Gear. You're done. If you are in full Ascended and 
it can take several weeks to get a full ascended set legendary exists above this and legendary looks way cooler mm -hmm. and has the ability to be used across characters much easier um sharing it among acro across characters because it has a legendary armory that you can like pull it out of like wow's heirloom system um kind of like uh having augmented tome sets uh in final fantasy but it's just very convenient for anybody that uses that weapon type um because multiple classes can share the same weapon type mm -hmm. and then it just lets you like swap stats like if you could just um, like some of the relics like you can just readjust the materia in it to your convenience um, and so if your build changes and you realize you have a different stat priority that's not a big deal with a legendary um, i don't have any legendaries uh i am i am in mostly ascended um and it's a, and it can be a real grind to get to full ascended now from there like there are a couple questions that come up so brian as somebody that like likes horizontal mm -hmm. but has spent most of your time just ironically in vertical progression games um what about that sounds like that's like a really great solution and where do you think the flaws lie well i mean the question ends up being in where horizontal has to has to like and that's where it's like in my mind you're always looking at kind of a hybrid between the two systems where okay. horizontal in my experience is that the time invested has a bigger payout so in final fantasy 14 terms me investing in crafting and gathering and in my jobs leveling those up those that investment pays out expansion over expansion over expansion right now they're not clawing levels back i hope they never do because ultimately that will frustrate me personally like it there's no way to shake it like that will suck if that day comes um, it just really depends on what they announce for 7.0. If we'll maybe see that day, if they're really following the wow model, uh, to a T who knows, well, they could, we'll see. Um, but in terms of it is that when it comes down to the things that are appealing in it is that I don't mind long grinds. In fact, that's something I enjoy. It's something even within final fantasy 11 is kind of the base. Like it's, it is interesting because obviously final fantasy 14 has driven me more into that content, but final fantasy 11 before that, like there was no other game that I put more time into, um, back in the day seven years now as of with 14 we're looking at 13 years and that's just the nature of it being the game being kind of their main flagship you know investment and, and it gets actually content updates but when it comes to it like it's the idea that content that you can invest in like a relic or something like that like a legendary has value across a spectrum of content and so it gives you the ability to say yeah this is going to be a grind but when you achieve that this is going to be something that you get to have and use and carry forward and you know um have it reflect in some form or fashion so that would be the positive side of it the downside in terms of development is that if you create something so like insane so incredible that like it becomes a requirement for players to to jump into certain content imagine if for example there was the arr relic if you had the AR relic and it was required for you to do the, you know, the current raid series, otherwise you're just not going to get it clear. Then that becomes that, that kind of requirement in and of itself, which breaks the fundamental philosophy of what Yoshi P has built into Final Fantasy 14. Now, my personal experience though, is that I wouldn't mind if that was actually a requirement that would be exciting. That would mean that that stuff has value. And if you go and you do that, then it is it is essentially done you've achieved this thing and it now 
can be something that you carry with you for the next 10 years and 20 years. But development wise, that means that if it was something so powerful, you're designing fights and, and, and you're wondering like, okay, do they have this right? So it adds more variables as the content gets, gets wider. But in terms of it, like setting a level cap at 80 opens up where, again, you start looking at more horizontal destiny two is a really good example of this as well. Like, yes, it's got a verticality gear score like that exists in everything. As I say, like, you know, the best games do have both. But it also is like I look at and invest the time in, in, in gun collection as opposed to like worrying about uh, power specifically. But the downsides I always think is that, well, when you have a player who who's achieved everything, how do you invite them back in? What is it that then you give them to chase and verticality uh, in its design is a very simple way of giving somebody something to chase that's easily understood, right? When you get in and you're like, oh, my gear score is 500. What's, oh, the gear cap is 630? Oh, okay. Then you can continue to see that progression go up and up and up, where in the horizontal aspect, it's like, okay, well, it drives more, I guess, player choice and build variety, and you might find yourself at a disadvantage because, oh, this legendary or this set is the thing you need. And so it might feel like bar you from certain content, um, you know, but then, I mean, these are all like these systems that interact, right? Cause there isn't matchmaking in guild wars, right? Um, there, there is for some content. Uh, it's mostly when you get into raids and stuff, it's a lot of basically kind of party finder has been my experience. It's a lot of party finder, uh, but it's a lot of unspoken party finder. Uh, I can join a fractal group and very little has to get said. Um, I can join normal raids and two, three people kind of coordinate um, kind of what strategy we're doing. But uh, just like in 14, that all gets done. Imagine if we were still doing the same raids. They don't get nearly as many encounters as something like 14 or Guild Wars. And so there are... Um, you have to... You have to to basically just trust that people kind of know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, the jump between dungeons and fractals up to raids uh, was very large for some people. And so they recently went in and added where they have like a rotating echo uh, mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy terms, uh, where it makes everybody a little bit stronger in that one fight. And that gives people kind of the courage to go into that fight. Um, in fights that are basically a spank and tank, where it is a DPS check or a healer check that's meant to make the fight relevant, uh, those actually just nerf the fight for the week. And so then that courage is well-placed because you are way more likely to get a clear with people who really um, are, don't know what they are doing. Uh, but in fights that are more mechanically driven, something like Final Fantasy XIV's recent uh, P5S Devour, having 20% more health doesn't help you. Uh, I could have 200% health. It doesn't help you uh, because ultimately you're going to get eaten. So like <laughs> it, it's... Um, but, but it's the courage to get in there. And so I have had that counterpoint brought up to me of, well, Chris, if, if they weren't going to do the fight, now they are going to do the fight. Who cares if their courage is misplaced? Let's just get them in the fight. Uh, and so I think that's a big part of it. Now, what makes this horizontal in Guild Wars, uh, after everything you said there, mm -hmm. um, is, is one of the things you mentioned multiple times through points is build variety. Uh, once I get a ascended set, if I decide that I want to transfer my progress from my warrior to another heavy wear, um, I want to go play, imagine in Final Fantasy terms, instead of playing warrior, I want to play paladin, all of my gear transfers. Now, Final Fantasy is very, very similar to that, 
Um, except now imagine I had not played my warrior since 2017 and I'm actually, I had my warrior in raid gear and I've been playing black mage for the last five years. And now I want to try paladin. My warrior gear is still relevant because it is totally horizontal and there's nothing vertical has happened. I got my warrior to the peak. Then <clears throat> that is to this, still the peak to this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to laterally shift its my my growth into now i need to level paladin i need to learn paladin and they end up adding a little bit of build variety and so i may realize you know what i want a different weapon or i want to swap some of my stat priority um and so you end up wanting to acquire multiple ascended sets multiple legendary sets so it's much more similar to like a diablo player that has multiple characters even if those characters are the same class they have multiple builds in something like diablo 2 um where Yes, this character is done acquiring gear. It's gotten everything it can get. It will never get better. There is no more vertical progression for it. Mm -hmm. But my account as a whole, I'm still working towards things yeah. that really aren't better than it. They're just lateral. Um, where it starts to run into issues is, as you noted, um, is anything required? There are, In Encounter, there's very few things that are required once you're in full exotics. And when they are, usually a, a well-documented uh, group. Uh, I think 477 is current mastery cap. If you find yourself around a bunch of 450s, 470s, um, they can usually carry one or two people that don't have those requirements. Um, sometimes like there was one point where I have to jump across this gap and I have to have a glider that can hit this little air draft. And the air draft is a mastery upgrade. Um, and I did not have that particular mastery upgrade done. And so what we would do is a Mesmer would drop a portal they would jump across with their air gap and then I would go through their their portal to get to the other side. Um, or there's times where I have to die to a mechanic and then I'll get rezzed on the other side because I don't have the mastery that makes that able to be survived in the way that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but as my mastery score has risen slowly, um, I find that less and less I have to die or less and less I have to be told, ignore this mechanic, we'll handle it for you. Um, and so it, it gets a little bit easier to participate in the group um more regularly what is the bigger issue is build variety yeah um, in order to add things to the game and make it interesting they have to constantly shift different builds and so any of you who have ever played games like warhammer 40k um, or age of sigmar or something like that you know that sometimes you own a model and it's really good and then through a change in the rules to add more variety to the game this one accidentally suddenly becomes worse compared to everything else or literally gets nerfed um to give to give something else a day in the sun and that doesn't feel good when you've invested all your time and energy into perfecting that one, when they're forcing you to go lateral. Mm -hmm. I finally yeah. have full legendaries uh, on this, on my my banner warrior. Uh, and then they and then they say, oh, yeah, warrior is going to be garbage for a little while. That doesn't feel good. Right. Um, so that's one of the issues. Uh, and then, as you noted, what happens once people have it all? Yeah, you, you well, can't. You can still things. actually, uh, at least in how I've always worked with the horizontal, is you can actually still have like gear score increase. But what it ends up being is that the piece of so for to kind of put it in Final Fantasy terms, and and again, this isn't ever going to happen in Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, it just <laughs> this is it, it would be, it would be like Square Enix pairing no expense times ten. You know, it's like okay, we're gonna just really get this thing done, but. Ultimately, it'd be like, imagine if your gear in 14 was harder to acquire. Like, the relic system is probably a better example of this. But imagine if it's just like your general gear. You then, within that gear, and if it had various different perks and ways that kind of augmented how you decided to build out your character, you could then invest power into that gear so it became something that 
wasn't a glamour piece, wasn't a fashion thing. You could actually consider the fashion system in 14 a bit of horizontal you know, progression because if that is your be all end all, you're collecting various different, you know, looks and, and, and feels, right? But it becomes this ownership of that. And then that's something that carries forward with you across time and, and space in terms of the game itself. And so the thing I would love to see in terms of what I think would be feasible within the world of 14 to add a little bit of this is that imagine if criterion you got to take it by content by content because otherwise you fundamentally can break the game but imagine if you're like hey we're gonna have this mode deep dungeon and we've already seen them introduce gear that has perks within zadnor and boja but imagine if all of a sudden they said hey in this arr relic in this new deep dungeon this relic does this one random thing for you or this relic does whatever not requiring it but it ends up becoming like oh well i never got that relic you know or something like that that's an interesting way of like, oh, I'm going to go get that. And then I'm going to kind of have some build variety within kind of a sideload piece of content within the world of 14. We're seeing that within Boja's Adnor. I would love to see something like that already using systems that exist and giving people more reasons to collect certain things that are not, you know, then affecting the raid. Because if you impact the raid, and we talked about this last time, like, I think fundamentally that would really restructure kind of, you know, that uh, that core piece of content that people look forward to within the races and, and, and more. But at its core, like you can still say, hey, imagine if you got that ARR relic and you're like, oh, I'm going to feed whatever currency is coming from the new deep dungeon. And now that relic is powered up. But we ended up shifting in, in the 14 has that glamour-esque approach. So it's all about the look of something, not essentially what that can, that something can do for you. Because everything is just a stat stick within the world of 14, which keeps it simple. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it keeps it simple. And from a balancing design perspective, it makes it so much easier for them to sit down and, and actually put out a fight. Because outside of the fact the recent, you know, uh, raid drama and balance issues, imagine how insane those balance issues would be if all of a sudden you have to start factoring in all these other types of gear and perks and, and, and build variety. It wouldn't work within the budget and the scope of 14. But um, I still like that. Like anything that I can do to invest and have something that I that I own and carries forward. And then if I can, if I if there is a, a gear score increase to infuse that item that I like and I like how it works for me with power, that still counts as that level horizontal. And that's, I think, where I bring up Destiny as an example. The power can can, can keep going up. But you also have this collection of guns that are unique, that, that they change how you play the game. And yes, and just like in Destiny, they'll make a change and that gun could be OP now or it could be complete garbage. So there is always going to be that um, that structure. And I think 14 has less of that. You usually see that within like horizontal, like your point of downsides, the, where you see that the most in 14 is in its horizontalness, right? We we're seeing issues people have with machinist, you know, in certain, in the certain raid content. And it's because that is that idea, that investment that you make into, into that. Then that is what a piece that makes your character maybe unique as opposed to somebody else. So when you start to talk about lateral variety, um, you hit on one of the big strengths of horizontal as somebody that spends a lot of time in, in guild wars compared to to you but not compared to many of the people in chat and stuff here on twitch that always have kind of the answers when i get stuck um the you hit on something really great uh relics and legendaries across world of warcraft and final fantasy um they have to be something that has a catch-up mechanic so if you mm -hmm. come in mid-expansion you can play catch-up yeah. and they have to be something that 
builds across the expansion, but then drops with the next expansion or else they become overpowered or required. Yeah. Uh, and so inevitably they have an expiration date. And after that expiration date, they're mostly used for cosmetics. Um, occasionally something ticks in, like you have things like ultimate in 14 that uses old gear, uh, you know, every once in a while, there's something, um, people create twink characters in wow and stuff. So every once in a while, there's like some peculiar offshoot where that stuff matters. And, you know, I'm like, well, actually, but like the, the typical person is never going to need to acquire that gear for any reason. Mm -hmm. Um, guild, guild wars knows that they're legendary. Once you have it, you have it forever and ever and ever. And so they can make that grind as long as they think is fun. Um, and so I am in the middle of progressing towards a uh, amount that, you know, could take you days, weeks, months, um, mm -hmm. depending on how you get at it. Because once I get it, I'll have it account wide forever and ever. And so like, I'm taking my time, I'm not using guides. And so they give me little hints and I'm solving all the puzzles as we go. Um, because like, I don't see any reason to rush it because once I have it, I have it as opposed to like, well, that mounts only good until, oh my gosh, six weeks from now. Okay, well then just give me the guide like let's just get yeah, it yeah. because it's not worth anything after that so like right. there is a there's a huge advantage that you you hit on there um when you're talking about gear variety and being able to invest in kind of your build or invest directly in your gear either in the way you forge it or in the way you grow it that starts to move much closer to action rpgs um diablo feels like you really do invest in what mm -hmm. gear you equip to your character and you may even hold on to old pieces in case yeah. oh if i find this other thing i'm going to want that back now, when you talk about investing in the gear itself, not cosmetically, but actually, um, and you say spare no expense, one of the things Yoshi P's hit on time and time again in 14 is I wish I had the budget of WoW. And what right. I will tell you is WoW has had spare no expense available to them the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so, and it has not always worked out to their advantage. Right, of course. Um, because if they have an idea, they can follow it to the ends of the earth, and they do. Yeah. And so they have had... Um, these gear progression systems like you're talking about uh the most recent one that jumps to mind is azurite uh, and so basically what you do is you get a piece of gear um and it has uh these like a sphere grid type thing on it but you're going to pick one thing from each level as you push experience into it and it's going to make that piece of gear unique to what you want from it um and it's going to drive its kind of item level up and you're going to invest in it rather than replace it um and so it kind of made experience uh, in a way it kind of made you want to go level that up um and the way you you had to like basically push azurite power into that so that you had enough power and so you end up kind of saying okay well how cool now i have everything i need from the tribal dailies well now every time i do my new tribal dailies um yes i don't have i don't need the mount anymore but those tribal dailies give me a lot of azurite power mm -hmm. uh and so you start to give use and value um to continuing to do your dailies and continuing to do your hunts even after you've hit tome cap for the week uh and that sounds really great it's it describes a lot of what you're talking about um yeah. where that can become problematic it doesn't always i mean maybe it doesn't always have to be but where that became problematic in wow is that now people did the math and found okay these particular pieces of gear upgraded in this way are the best right and because they are the best now doing tribal dailies and doing your hunts and doing deep dungeon became becomes required. mandatory yeah. mandatory um is one of the things that i think 14 uh, i can respect that a lot because it's the optional becomes fun because when things become mandatory that's like that's where i get frustrated you know like i talked about my like i love pso2 
but to really progress in new Genesis is like, you got to log in every day. And I'm like, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm just not going to do with that. And so that is a, that is a weird uh, thing that we've seen happen with WoW, And also the bar, like the, the idea that you then invest in it and then eventually it hits the floor is also very frustrating. What, what you want with, a, with the horizontal piece is that you want to be able to get it and then have that satisfaction and then being able to use that in terms of things that are going forward. And we've seen that this is from my history is that Final Fantasy XI, there's like pieces of gear that you'd get at level 20 and level 40 that were best in slot. Like that was and, and remained to be such a valuable piece at level cap and beyond because of like perks and, and, and things like that. was like that. And it was beautiful. Like it's a lot of people were like, oh man, it was hard to get. It wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed. Right. And so I think that we've seen with vertical is that it kind of, it is kind of a candy factory. You know, you're like, oh yeah, this is sweet. Felt good. Okay. And then immediately there's something else to chase. There's a, you know, as opposed to like, and so we made everything easy, quick, disposable, and there's a value in that. And then one of the values in that is people come into 14 and, and they can get caught up. They're not like, imagine right now outside of MSQ, MSQ is the biggest time gate in 14, as opposed to any kind of gearing up. Because if somebody wants to start in 7.0, let's say, let's say I take a break. Cause I'm, I'm considering taking a break. I'm going to see how the criterion dungeons fit for me. And maybe I'm going to go ahead and just take a break. And if I step back into 7.0, I can immediately get geared, geared up. And I could, I, I can go like nothing I'm doing right now really has a value outside of, you know, leveling, which I've already done. So it's like, okay, what do I want to do? So on that, like, that's how I kind of like, man, it'd be really nice, but you have to have that core design right at the, at the foundation of the game. It's not something that's ever going to get tacked on later. Cause, um, that's just going to be frustrating. And that's where like, my hope is that when we look at the MMO, like as it evolves over the next decade, it's like, it's like you can have both systems. And the question is, is like, where does that make the most sense in terms of the reality of us as gamers? You know, we don't have all the time to play all the games or one game all the time, you know, and most people find joy in, in a variety of games. In fact, triangle strategy just came out on, on steam, you know? So if you guys haven't played that game, like it's incredible, it's a, it's a really great game. Now it's more of a book, with some fights that kind of pop into it, but it's still such a great game, uh, you know? So that having that ability to like kick back and like, okay, I want to go play another game for a little bit and not have this like overbearing sense of like, oh, I'm behind uh, is a value. So there's, there's values in both systems. I just think that um, we're not there in terms of that. You know, we're, I don't think we're close to what we'd consider the, the theoretical utopian MMO out there in terms of its wow systems. systems always sound like it when they're announcing them at BlizzCon, <laughs> they sound like utopian. So like people can look back and, and say what was wrong with each system in hindsight. But when you go back and look at BlizzCons, they are, are almost unanimously cheered at a lot of these changes. Yeah. This is what's going to be great about Shadowlands. This is what's going to be great about Battle for Azeroth. This is what's going to be great. And like, we're excited. Um, the flaws come out because they are changing systems so rapidly. Yeah. They change systems every two years. And so they never get a chance. You get these cracks in the system and they patch the cracks but they never go back and fundamentally change the system to become an, a version 2.0. They're always massively pulling the rug out and rebuilding it from the ground up. And so every system never quite matures. And when we look at Guild Wars, those systems are mature. And like the people who've been there nine years are like, yeah, and it's kind of boring. Like I know what I'm doing. And people who are in 14 sometimes say, yeah, and I know what I'm doing and it's kind of boring, but it works. Yeah. It works, it functions. Um, and like Diablo 2, as it starts to get new new content and stuff, people who've been playing it for years and years, it works and it can be kind of boring. But the advantage is that 
the changes have become small and perfecting um, and they've become small and like we're just adjusting course slightly. Uh, and when we're arguing over flaws, when people in the community are saying, well, this is wrong, um, we're usually talking about like single digit percentages or we're talking about like, oh, this one class on this one build is no longer valid in this one piece of content. But like mm -hmm. every other build on that class is or every other class is. And so like like you're sitting there and the majority of the game is very, very healthy. And we're fighting over this one little thing. We're not mm -hmm. fighting over like the entire game right. is on fire. Um because that wouldn't be fun. No, it's like, it it's be. fun to fight over. Like, I love this game. Let's fight about the one thing that's wrong. That's way more fun than everything's on fire. I think I'm just going to go play something else. Right, exactly. Um, so I, I think these games that stick to their guns, it's a little easier to be like really passionate about the one or two things you wish were different. Um, because I'll tell you, the one game that's gotten to spare no expense is WoW. And like that has not kind of like Amazon with their servers with New World. People are like, man, if if an MMO ever just had unlimited servers at launch, it would fix all their problems. No. And then you came across an MMO that had unlimited servers at launch, and it did fix that problem. It kicked it into a new set of problems yeah. that no other MMOs ever had. Right. So like, like hey. it, it created a new... <laughs> Behind a this new door. Uh, so, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's... I think my last question is based on this whole conversation, a lot of what you describe is at its best um, in Guild Wars 2, mm -hmm. where uh, to a new player, the game still has a lot of verticality and the game overall has a ton of horizontal. And so if you ever take a break, if you ever need to, to, to go slowly, everything you're doing is slowly progressing in a way that is permanent and yours forever and is meaningful um, to varying degrees. Uh, and so like when I'm off doing all the jump puzzles, that's just cool. Uh, but as I get this mount, this mount will make a substantial difference in the way I travel the world forever and ever. Yeah. Um, what What do you think stops you from spending more time in Guild Wars? I couldn't lack engine controller support and a lack of flexibility over to play. Uh, it's a like gaming for me as a as a dad uh, is a path of least resistance. So it's whatever is the easiest thing for me to jump into at a moment's notice and 14 with steam deck and i think i've heard that people got it running uh, guild wars running on steam deck but that is literally what ends up driving that the fact that i can run new world on steam deck also very easy it's just like what can i jump into i have a little bit of time i'm gonna go do x y and z and so i generally have been and when we talk about ease of access new world so much more easier to access than 14. so it's like that's where i just kind of go into but that's because again like i've got the steam deck and i have uh like shadow pc and i've got geforce now so it's like those things uh are the case so you uh, geforce now does run uh guild wars 2 does run on that but um what again if it, it would be just nice and easy to kick back play a little bit and be able to set that in so um as i've gotten older it's it's not necessarily about the time investment it's about how to how to jump in and i've seen that and i've you've heard me complain about that when i sat down to play for a horizon and i was like oh it's got a oh a 20 minute update like i guess i'm not playing horizon today like okay you know I, it was this system is supposed to update automatically what the hell so um, on that note, uh, that is going to be uh, kind of it for the show. I've got the links in Twitch over there. If you guys want to go jump in and join Chris as he continues on his crazy journeys through the world of Guild Wars, we'll be back uh, live Wednesday. For those of you who haven't seen, we've been running these um, live shows, and we appreciate you all for being here. Hopefully, we'll see you in the next one. But until then, take care.